Hey everybody, Chris Harry with you on a new episode of Chargers Weekly. Coming up, defensive tackle Brandon Meebane joins me from the team's second annual golf invitational. We discuss the start of his 13th NFL season and his role as leader and captain of the defense. But first, we're going to check in with the LA Times' Jeff Miller to talk OTAs and his recent piece on Chargers All-Pro cornerback Desmond King. All right, on the line, my guy Jeff Miller from the LA Times. And Jeff, offseason starting to pick up, man. I saw you twice this week, Monday for OTAs day one and then Tuesday at the Chargers Golf Invitational. How are you, bud? I'm doing very good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I, uh, I think we should start with OTAs. I want to get into your Desmond King piece that uh, you did a fantastic job on last week. We'll re-up that, uh, but let's start with OTAs. Just your your takeaways from the first day. We heard Coach Lynn speak. We heard Gus speak, Austin, and I believe Joey Bosa. So uh, a lot of action on Monday. Yeah, yeah, it was good to uh, good to see Joey back out there. It's the first time we've seen him this off season, um, and he uh, predictably looked good. I think everybody uh, is pretty familiar with Joey. He's got a, a regimen he goes through with a trainer in Florida and. Uh, I'm sure him and his brother were involved uh, this, this time around, Nick Bosa. Uh, so he looked great. Uh, he sounded good. Uh, I think he's uh, he's fired up like most of the Chargers are right now. And uh, they things, uh, you know, off season, but things seem to be going uh, going according to plan so far. Yeah, you know, Coach Lynn brought us something interesting on Monday about how he gives the veterans a lot of ownership on this team to, to coach some of the younger guys. And this is the first time these guys are putting on helmets. They're, you know, almost 90 guys on the field at the same time. This is the time when vets are really going to prove their worth in the offseason, helping these younger guys along. There's no doubt about that. And I think you, uh, you heard uh, Anthony the other day say, when someone asked him, a little bit about that. He he mentioned the fact that hey, these guys speak the same language, you know, to some of these players. I mean, you know, Anthony's more, you know, twice as old as some of these guys. And uh, while I don't think Anthony's out of touch by any stretch of imagination, I think he was kind of jokingly calling himself like an old guy. Yeah. But if you're if you're a young guy coming in the league and you've got somebody who's been in the league ten years, twelve years, or even have Derwin James, if if you're uh, you know, one of these draft picks coming in or you're an unsigned guy coming in and there's Derwin James who everyone knows what he did last year. You're going to, you're much, you're, you're going to listen to that guy, right? I mean, these guys are going to listen to their coaches, certainly, but these players speak the same language and these players who these veterans are at where these new guys want to get to. So they would be crazy not to listen to them. So I think it's a, uh, it's smart. And I think, uh, the, the chargers as we know have some, you know, this roster right now is in a really good spot. I think they've got some good young talent and they've got some veteran players who are very well-spoken, who are uh, leaders uh, on the field, off the field, who have achieved uh, both and they have them on both sides of the ball, which is great. And so I think right now this roster is in a really good spot. I think Tom Telesco, the GM has done a good job putting this thing together. And I, I think that, the coaching staff is doing a smart thing. I mean, they're letting these players do do some of the coaching too. And I think uh, to not do that would be uh, they'd really be wasting a, a great resource. You mentioned a guy like Darwin James. I mean, he's a perfect example of a guy who, you know, in talking to Coach Milas this week, he's a player 
they're expecting to take that next step in terms of leadership. But also, Brandon Meebane, year 13, who's going to be on the podcast here a bit later. Thomas Davis, year 15. I don't feel like I talked about this as much as I have this year, how, how much the veterans are impacting some of these young guys and even guys who have been on the roster for a few years, frankly. I mean, the, the youngest players on this team, they have to get in the playbook. They have to get familiar with their surroundings. And I feel like this team has done such a fantastic job of being in lockstep with these rooks. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And one thing about this that you, you can't underestimate or undersell is the success the team had last year. This, you know, pro sports is about winning. And this team won last year. And when the team is winning and the, the feeling is that they're on the rise, which I, there's no question around that that's the feeling around this team. I don't think anybody um, associated with this team, anybody who observes this team, thinks of these guys as anything other than a contender in the conference. I mean, they everybody's looking at them as one of the top teams in the conference. And that certainly helps that culture. And that uh, it's like anything, Chris, if you, if we're really successful in our job and we talk about it, people are going to, are more likely to listen to what we're saying than if we're terrible at what we're doing. That's right. And we lose and we're not winning and, and no one wants, you know, no one wants to listen to that. So it certainly helps. I mean, the culture, the environment is there right now for this team. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, the, the roster is uh, it's, it's really put together well. And if these guys, I think if they can stay healthy and keep this thing rolling through the offseason, get into training camp, keep everybody healthy, and, uh, and not, you know, keep most of the guys healthy, let's be honest, they're not all going to stay healthy. We know we're going to be talking about injuries here. It's just it's football. It happens. But if they can keep most of these guys healthy and this team's in a good spot and you have all those, those veteran guys. You mentioned me, Bain is a great example. We saw him last year and the leadership that he showed um, with his situation with his daughter and everything was, was, you know, it was, it was really great to watch. And these, these young, I, I imagine a guy like Jerry Tillery. I mean, he, you know, he could sit there and talk to me, Bain all day. I'm sure, you know, Jerry is a, a very inquisitive guy. I think we've already learned that quickly about him. And I'm sure he's had long conversations with, with some of these veterans already, and it's only going to help him as he tries to get acclimated to playing in the NFL and what that means. And hopefully for the Chargers' sake, he blossoms into, into what they what they think he could be and why they took him in the first round. Yeah, Tiller is in good hands with Meebane and Damian Square and even Justin Jones, a guy who Square commented how explosive Jones looks from year one to year two. So Tillery's in a good spot. And Desmond King is somebody that Coach Miles said last week, he's coaching up these undrafted free agents on how to play the nickel position. So, you know, just two years ago, he was in their same position as a as a rookie. He's now a first team all pro. And you wrote an awesome piece on Desmond. And if you guys haven't read it, please go to the LA Times and look up Jeff's piece on Desmond. I first thing I have to ask you, the Polaris slingshot, do you have images of you in a helmet in the Polaris slingshot? I, you know, I don't have pictures of me, thankfully. I do have pictures of Des, which 
for some reason they didn't use. I don't know why they didn't, but I do. I do have pictures of him sitting in it without his helmet on. Uh, but thankfully, there's no. As far as I know, there's no actual footage of me uh, sitting with a helmet. Uh, I'm sure we looked uh, a little goofy, uh, the two of us rolling around uh, the streets of uh, Irvine in that thing the other day. But uh, it was fun. So Jeff Desmond King is obviously a guy who was a fifth round pick, Jim Thorpe Award winner. He has a nose for the football, and he elevated his play in 2018. First team all pro. What was it like to spend some time with Des as he enters year three? Well, the one thing I will say, Chris, is to understand, uh, I think we all know, who anybody who spent any time around Desmond, he is a thoughtful uh, he thoughtful guy. He's, a, he's very... Uh, very genuine, very down to earth. Uh, I think he he comes you know, he comes from Detroit. He wasn't highly recruited out of high school. He kind of uh, he he has had to make himself uh, every step of the way. And to give you an idea of the kind of background he's got, so I wrote that story. The next day, I get a, a message from his mother thanking me for writing this great story about her son. Wow. So, yeah, this is an NFL player who's had a ton of attention going back to, you mentioned, wins the Jim Thorpe Award at Iowa. But that's the kind of family I think he comes from, the background. And, you know, he's, and his brother, is, he's got a young younger brother who's autistic. Who They live together. They've lived together for years. And, uh, it's you know, we, Des and I talked a little bit about that. And I, he talked about how cool it is to have his brother with him and, and uh, how much she, he enjoyed spending time with his, his older brother and his mother this off season. They all went to Miami and spent like a week together down there after the Super Bowl and after the season, and they rehashed the year. And, um, you know, this is a, a young um, professional athlete, and he's talking about how great it was to hang out with his mom in Miami. So, so cool. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, that's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of – a lot of athletes go down to Miami and be getting a lot of trouble. Well, Des is down there hanging with his, his brothers and his mom, and he's loving it. So uh, I, I think he's really down to earth guy, and I think he uh, he's a real normal guy. And he just he is kind of as I said, sort of made himself through a lot of hard work. And he's obviously talented, and he's got like a knack for plays, a knack for getting the ball, a, a knack for coming through in the biggest moments, and. He was directly involved in, in some of the wins they had last year. There's no question you can go right to plays that he made late in games or turning games around with the punt return or a couple of interceptions he had in, in Cleveland. Um, it's it's he's one of those guys, and there's a there's a, a few of them on this team that you you meet, you talk to a little bit, and you just say you end up rooting for these guys because they're just easy to root for. You know what I love about Dez is the the relationship that he has with his brother. I got to meet his brother at the draft party. They both came to the draft party in Santa Monica. And he's an amazing artist. Did you get to see some of the the pictures that his brother has drawn? I have seen some of it. He's really good. He's Yes, he's really good. And it's cool how he, uh, he a lot of it is Dez. You know, Dez playing and some of the images. And, uh, you know, he and, and then it's cool that... It, Des talks about him being an inspiration, you know, Devin, his brother, being an inspiration to him. And uh, and that's pretty cool. So it's, it's like they inspire each other 
which is is really a neat thing for two brothers. And I, he he is he's very talented artist. There's no doubt about it. Jeff, this secondary every single year, Coach Milas has had a Pro Bowler or an All Pro. And last year it was Derwin, it was Desmond, and it was Adrian Phillips. How much better do you think this secondary can be knowing that all those guys return, you're bringing a guy like Nazir Adderley, the, the development of guys like Trevor Williams, who was hurt last year, and Michael Davis entering his third season. Uh, the secondary, this could be their prime in 2019. You're exactly right. I think they're poised to have a great season. I think that cornerback spot opposite Casey Hayward is going to be big, and uh, that's Mike Davis right now, and Trevor uh, Williams, who obviously started in the NFL before. He, he's there. Those two will be competing. I think that's going to be a big spot is, is so long as one of those two guys emerges and, um, or in the case of Trevor, reemerges and can, uh, you can handle that spot. They, uh, the thing about the secondary, as we all know, is they're – I don't want to say they're interchangeable parts because that sort of sounds like you're diminishing their impact, but they, there's a lot of versatility there and it allows you know, them to do things like they did last year, playing a bunch of those guys at once. Um, and so I think their, their defense has got a lot of talent on it. A lot of it's in that secondary. And I think they have a chance to be really good. And I think we've already the other day here, we're starting to hear this theme. I think we're going to hear a theme this season of takeaways, and they're going to they they want to try to increase their takeaways, interceptions, causing fumbles, and that kind of stuff. And I think if they can do that, a lot of that's going to come from that secondary. Uh, if they can, I think that's going to be a focus. If they can seize on that focus, and, you know, they're they're going to really have a chance to influence a ton of games. Yeah, the first two picks tell you everything you need to know. Jerry Tiller, you bring in a guy that can rush the quarterback. And then Nazir Adderley, a guy who can get the football and take it the other way, similar to Derwin, similar to Desmond King, similar to Casey Hayward. So, listen, it's there's a long way to go, right? We're, we're in the, uh, the middle of May, the end of May here. Uh, we got mini camp coming up. But I always appreciate your time. I will see you next week at OTAs. Uh, enjoy the weekend, man, and we'll talk soon. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, Bolts fans. Before we get to Brandon Meebane, I want to remind you to enter the Jack Boys Jersey Giveaway Sweepstakes for a chance to win an autographed jersey signed by all the defensive backs. You're also going to be able to meet them at training camp this summer. Go to chargers.com slash jackboys to enter. That's jackboys with a Z. J-A-C-K-B-O-Y-Z. No purchase necessary to enter or win. This promotion ends on June 14th. See official rules for details at chargers.com slash jackboys rules. All right, here at the Chargers Golf Tournament with defensive tackle Brandon Ebane, the captain. Brandon, how are you, man? Doing pretty good, pretty good. How you doing? There's a rumor that there's no golf cart for you? Yeah, What's man, going they, on? I don't know. They, they were saying I was too good, so they was like, we don't want you to show all the we sponsors want you to walk. up. We want you to walk the course? Yeah, they didn't want me to show all the sponsors up, so I was like, all right, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Are you a big golfer? Uh, I golf here and there. I golf here and there. I, um, one thing I got to work on is my turning, turning the stick. Okay. When I hit it, a lot of times it curves, it curves to the right instead of going straight, so – Got to work on that. Is there any like transferable skill on the football field to golf? Like in terms of, in terms of like mental preparation, uh, I or think, I think I uh, think 
think one of the four elements you can use, you can use with any sports, is uh, eyes, hands, feet, and leverage. I'm pretty sure all those go go with, go with golfing. Yeah. So, I think that's universal. I think those are all universal. I heard your name a ton last week from one rookie in particular, Cortez <laughs> Broughton. Oh yeah. He said. Uh, he got hooked up with you through, uh, was it Greg Scruggs? Greg Scruggs, yeah. yeah. One of your guys right. from Cincinnati. Yeah. And he said first day he was arranging his notes, and you said, all right, this looks good, yeah. but I need you to do it a certain way. Yeah. And you he said, what do you need to buy? He says, you say tomorrow. Yes, sir. He came in with a, a more easier to understand right. Uh, right. set of notes. And right. It's just like one of many examples of you just giving back to these young guys. Well, the, the thing is, you know, you always want to go into the meetings um, – with your notes prepared. Anytime a coach, our defensive line coach might ask any of us, me included, uh, to get up on the board and draw up a certain type of defense. Just the front, you don't have to draw the linebackers and coverage. Sure. But the challenge is that uh, GIF get, uh, make, uh, present to us is make sure you know everything that's going on around you because you never know somebody might be on the field and they might have a you know a brain fart or something. You might be like, hey, uh, what's, what was that play? What I got, you know? And you tell them, and there you go. Instead of yeah. having a mental error on a on a on a on the field, then just put them in the right place and tell them what to do, and you can move on from there. I appreciated the foresight of Cortez to to get with you right. before this thing even started, right? right. Because right. first day. To, to get your notes like that, just again, it's just one example of what it takes to be a professional in this league. Right. You know, um, like I said, time management, uh, uh, taking right uh, the right notes, and being able, being able to understand what you're writing too. Because a lot of times, you can take notes and write notes, but it's only easier for you to understand. So it's always good to write the notes be, uh, so everybody else can understand just in case you That's know right. coach one of hey let me check your notes out what you got what you written down and you know you have them all in one category and organized and it also just help you learn the playbook easier Definitely. by writing it out instead of looking at the digital copy on your iPad. One guy who hadn't seen the field yet but but will eventually is Jerry Tillery the the rookie. Um, your initial impressions of him coming um, in here. He, I mean he's 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 a smart guy. Um, everything else is uh is pretty much a wait and see. Um, I think he could play football. Um, he's a big, big guy. Got big hands. You know, got a lot of upside. So um, I think everybody's anxious to see how he's gonna uh, pan out and you know, do on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to Damian Square last week uh, about the defensive line room, he said, "This is me, Bain's room, but <laughs> it's a, but it's a room where everybody has a voice. Right. Right. Everybody can." can talk about whatever is on their minds right um, how do you kind of police the room being the, the elder statesman there well i mean i don't really police the room <laughs> but um i think uh if we ever have any like type of conversations our defense line coach he always open to like different topics like whatever is going on in the world whether it's politics um you know financial advice marriage advice family advice you know we all you know just just talk about those different things, and um, yeah, I think I think our, our position coach pretty much <laughs> he do the policing. He's the, he does the policing. But I'm I'm just the, I'm just the, the oldest guy in there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we have a great group of guys, and they all like uh, all willing to learn and to to try to get better and understand football. And it's a good mix of guys too, right? I mean, right. someone like yourself, a captain, won a Super Bowl. Um, you've right. been there. You've right. been to the top of the mountain. I've been there twice. You've been there twice. Yep. 
uh, Damian Square, a, a, right. a veteran who, who had to fight and make this league as right, an undrafted right. free agent, right. uh, who's been there, who leads right. by example. Right. You got young Justin Jones, right. who Damian was talking about his explosiveness and how right. he's gotten better from he's year one lot, to year two. He's getting a lot better. He's uh, getting so a lot it, better. It's a nice mix of guys that uh, of old and young right. all coming together right. for what could be a, a big year for you guys. It, I think it, I think it can. Um, I think the main thing is, you know, um, what we learned from last year is uh, we all depend on each other. So when one guy make a play, um, fans or the commentators might not see that the guy next to him helped him make that play. So if he don't do his job and the guy next to him don't do his job, then that sack or that tackle for loss will never happen. So I don't think a, like a lot of people don't really understand uh, what guys do down low. If you're not making an interception, sacks, or making plays that is sure. visual, they won't really actually understand. Like my position, a lot of people wouldn't really understand what I do. They'll be like, oh, why don't you bring him back here waste? But a lot of people don't understand what I do on the field. You know, like it's 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 not it's not a sexy position. It's not a position that's going to get a lot of sacks. Sometimes you might not get a lot of tackles. Sometimes I'm, I may get a lot of tackles, depending on how I'm You're getting blocked. Setting other people up for it, though. Exactly. So you know, it just all depends on whichever type of team we run in it against or playing against. You know, it be maybe you have one of those games. You know, it's just you know, it's just. Wait and see. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have a unique perspective, though, because you've been in Super Bowl programs, right? Right, right. This is year three of Coach Lynn. You go right. from 9-7 and seven to 12-4. and four, You win a playoff game. You lose to the Pats. But you're trending upwards. And one of the things that really resonated with me that he said yesterday is that he coaches the vets to coach the younger guys. Right. He wants you guys to have ownership of this team. Right. Is this the type of culture that you know is capable of uh, winning it all? I think so. Um, I think is when he said is he let the older guys coach the younger guys. It's kind of like a, I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with this. It's like a Montessori term uh, method, to where it's like a Montessori where you might be in a classroom with a three, four, five, and six year olds. So the five and six year olds kind of like they kind of like get it, and they will help the younger kids that three and four or two that's about to turn three. And they'll help them, you know, become uh, better at whatever uh, uh, project they're working sure. on. And then it becomes a, a, just a trickle effect. You know, where those two-year-olds become five and six, then they'll help those two- and three-year-olds. So It's interesting. It's pretty much pretty much what it what it is. It's always uh, about just, just giving back because it was a, a lot of older guys that um, helped me, you know, become this. I took something from a lot of guys that Who I played with. Who the guys that you took from? Um, I took some from Chuck Darby, uh, Rocky Bernard, Corey Redden, uh, Raheem Brock. It's all in Seattle, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, um, Kevin Williams. Uh, man, the list go on and on. But those are some of the few guys that helped me a lot, um, even like Lofa. Uh, Lofa said something to me on, on the field my rookie year. He was just like, man, me vain. Stop thinking and, and play. And just that little bit right there, he told me, I was, it just made sense. And I was like, whoa, okay. And, and it clicked. It clicked. And um, just, you know, for year on and year out, I just kept taking something from each guy that came there because we used to get a lot of a lot of people, that older guys used to come in. And, and those are the guys that actually helped build into winning championships, you know, even though they probably went on the team. But – they actually helped build championship because we took information from them 
and applied it to what we were trying to accomplish. Well, you know what's interesting about that too is you're adding another guy in Thomas Davis oh, yeah. to the culture yeah. here. You're 15. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, older he, than me. He's been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly, yeah. he's older than you. Yeah. But to have two, you two right. on the defense right. to just some part knowledge on these younger guys yeah. and even guys who have been in the league for a while. Yes, you know, exactly. You always you guys learn. know what it's like. Yeah, you always can learn. I'm, st- I'm still learning new things in, uh, you know, year 13. So yeah, it's just a blessing to just still be able to play this game and you know I was a third rounder so it wasn't like I was a first rounder sure everybody was like yeah he's kind of pretty much expected you know you going third round they like eh. what year were you 07 or 08 I was 2007 2007 that's right third round 85th pick probably not it was a good day and it was like a bad day because I was in my mind I thought I should have been a first rounder or a second rounder and uh it didn't happen so yeah (laughs) so when I got drafted it was um First, second, and third round in one day. And it was on a Saturday instead of a Thursday. Yeah, it was on a Saturday. And so I was like, you know, 9 a.m., okay, yeah, we're going to the first round. Draft party. Let's go. <laughs> and so, man, I had, you know, family at the house and everything. It, it just – I went to a couple of places. The phone still didn't ring. And finally Seattle called. And um, I didn't think I didn't think Seattle liked me because when I did the meeting at the Combine – they told me everything that I didn't do that they didn't like I did. So I was like, oh, check that off. I'm not going there. process, man. You just never know. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I didn't think I was going there. And uh, it worked out, man. Worked out real well. Yeah, I'd say so. And, you yeah. know, talking to Cortez, I talked to Cortez for a long time last right. week. And one of the things that I said to him is that, like, well, once you come in here, I, I, doesn't matter if you're a seventh round pick. It doesn't, doesn't matter if you're a third round pick. Um, can you play football? That's can it. you play football? You know, it don't matter what your 40 time is. No. No matter how much you bench. Because, you know, I remember uh, Cortez asked me how much I bench in the weight room. And I told him, I said, you really? I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember what I did in college. So, I I couldn't tell him. You know, seventh round, though. Just look at the history of the last two years, right? Yeah. Justin Jackson comes in, helps you guys win two big games in prime time. Exactly. Isaac Rochelle steps in for Joey Bosa. Exactly. Seventh round picks the last two years. So, it's like, you have an opportunity to not only make the yeah. team but make an impact. Yeah, that, that definitely gives a, a credit to the uh, to the staff, man, to the organization that they're very precise on who they draft and how they draft and when they draft. So that's that's pretty much a, a thumbs up and on their part that they got valued on the, in the seventh round. You know, they got good players there, so that's yeah. that's that's real good on their part. Absolutely. Very good. Final thing for you, Brandon, just going into 2019, knowing it's it's year 13 for you. Right. Um, the talent on this defense, the talent on this offense, right. um, building off of last year, the expectations have to be as high as they've ever been for you in your career. Um, I think they're always high, no matter what yeah. what year it is. Um, I think the expectations is, is very high because um, even though we went 12-4 uh, and four last year, we still feel like we could have won some of them games that we lost. And um, – we was right there in those games that oh, yeah. we lost. So we, we felt like we could have. Like that first Denver game, I think, yeah, back to. Yeah. So, you know, when you lose as a team, you you win as a team. And um, we uh ready to build on all that. All right, we are we're trying to figure out if you're playing golf. Are you it playing does, golf? It doesn't look all, like it. all the golf carts have left. It doesn't look like it. But it, at the end of the day, it's all good. You got your shoes just in case if you're ready, though. Yep, I'm ready. Yep. (laughs) Brandon, always appreciate your time, man. It's a a joy to talk to you, and uh, we wish you the best this offseason and beyond. All right, appreciate it. Thank you.
All right, guys, that's going to do it. My thanks to Brandon Meebane and Jeff Miller for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. If you like what you hear this offseason, we'd love it if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Please help spread the word. Have a great weekend, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.